What's up, podcast? On this episode of the Drepeo Audio Experience, we take audio from the recent music and marketing panel hosted by the City of Hamilton's music advisory team. Super great experience. Got to speak with some familiar faces and some new faces about how artists and creators can market themselves using a small budget, especially today with you know, the pandemic and a lot of businesses struggling, especially creators. I think it's really important that we have these conversations about, look, how can we organically build our following? And uh, especially, I think a big thing that I wanted to discuss was TikTok. So we got into TikTok and a whole bunch of different marketing strategies that are affordable. And uh, if you want to skip the introductions, I'd skip ahead to about four minutes, but uh, enjoy the episode. Let me know what you think. Leave us a review on Apple. Make sure you are following Drepeo Official on Instagram and enjoy this episode. You're now listening to the Drepeo Audio Experience. Everyone, um, I'm Erica. Um, as mentioned, I am the music director over at CFMU. Um, I've been there for coming on three years now. It's been about two and a half, and one and a half of those have been as music director. Um, just so a little bit about what I do. Um, I'm the one that kind of sifts through all the new releases, as well as all of the artist submissions um, and playlists those for you guys. So um, it's been really fun, really amazing. And I'm super excited to dive into today's panel. So um, today we are talking about uh, marketing as a musician and how to best promote your new release. Um, because these discussions are aimed at emerging or self-produced musicians who are doing the work themselves, um, we know that you might not have that big of a budget or really any budget available to market a new release. Um, so we're hoping to give you the tools today in order to do so. Um, during this conversation, we're going to talk a lot about social media and uh, digital strategies. Uh, we also don't want to forget about the tried and true methods or more traditional methods to marketing as well. So we're going to touch base on those a little bit. Um, we've brought some local artists together as well as industry reps to share their experiences on how to market on a low to no budget. Um, and joining me to talk about this today are our speakers, Lucky Sticks, or Lucky for short, um, Sherry Sinclair and Dre Powell. Today's conversation is going to last uh, a little around 40 minutes, and we're going to save the last 15 minutes for a Q&A session. So if you have any questions, please put them in the Zoom chat. Um, and if you're watching on the Facebook Live, please comment your questions, um, and we're going to get to those at the end. Uh, so that's a little bit about me and about the discussion today. I'm now going to give our panelists the floor to do a brief intro of themselves. Um, so Lucky Sticks, let's start with you. Um, tell me a little bit about yourself, and then we'll go to Sherry, and then we'll go to Dre. All right. Hello. Hello, everyone. So my name is Lucky Sticks. Um, Lucky for short. I am an artist, a musician, singer, songwriter, producer, and uh, yeah, uh, kind of all-arounder, but that's what I do within the music industry. And um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to sharing with you uh, everything I know about marketing and, and the whole branding and what to do after you've kind of released or put out your album and now you got to push it to the next level. Awesome. Thanks so much. Uh, we're going to jump to Sherry. Sherry, can you hop on and introduce yourself? 
Hi, my name is Sherry Sinclair. Uh, I own my own company called Sinclair Creative Solutions uh, based here in Hamilton, Ontario. I work with uh, Juno Award winner Catherine McClellan. I manage her as well as working with other um, artists and projects to take their albums and release them around the world with all their teams. My background comes from um, concert promoting uh, major labels, uh, working at radio, doing publicity and marketing across the country. I also have um, over 10 years experience in digital content and content delivery. That's me. Thanks. Awesome. And Dre? Yeah. Hi, my name is Dre Pale. I'm a creator and entrepreneur. My background is in songwriting. I currently operate a digital marketing agency out of the GTA called Cross Group. And I host a TV segment on Rogers TV called Candy and Commerce. And uh, over the last year have become a TikTok influencer in the food and snack space, working with uh, all sorts of brands and promotions on TikTok. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, guys. So we are going to jump right into our questions. Um, so just for reference for the panelists, I think the best bet is um, we're just going to start with Dre. I'm going to ask one question and then you guys can hop in whenever you feel is right. Um, and just for the sake of, um, you know, Zoom and video calls and such, um, maybe if you just want to like give a little hand raise or something to signify that you're going to jump in, that would be great just to keep things running smoothly. Um, so the first question today is, do you need a marketing strategy? Um, why do you think you do or you don't? And what do you think the core elements are? Is that for me? Yeah, go right ahead. So, I mean, if, if you want people to hear your music, then you should probably have a marketing strategy. If you're just doing it for fun and it's just like a pastime, then not necessary. But uh, yeah, absolutely. If you, if you want people to get your music, to hear your music, it's... I would almost say it's more important than, than the music itself because, I mean, we see so many examples of pretty bad music that gets pretty far and makes careers for people and helps them make a living. So I think um, it's super important to, to dedicate time to making a, a marketing strategy. Great. And um, are there any core elements to a marketing strategy that you would suggest? Well, I think, I mean, I come from the social media world. So like for me, my go-to is always looking at social media because number one, I think it's, especially right now, the, the most affordable thing that we can use. I mean, besides the fact that Instagram ads are more affordable than things like billboards and TV commercials, something like TikTok is literally free and, and the organic reach is insane. You can literally have 10, a hundred followers, a small following, and you can have a viral video that can honestly change your life. And I mean, I've seen it firsthand where I've put a lot of time into TikTok and it's had the ability to literally shape the different things that I'm doing. So yeah, absolutely. Awesome. And Lucky or Sherry, do you have anything to add? Yeah. Um, in addition is really just understanding how each platform also works. So we know that if uh, we're marketing on Instagram, it's going to be certain things that work on Instagram that not, might not work on Twitter, uh, certain things that work on Twitter that might not work on TikTok um, and et cetera, et cetera. So just really understanding how each platform works so that when you are kind of cross promoting on all of the social platforms that you should be doing, don't leave any platform out because every platform has its own audience. I have a lot of people on Facebook who are not as active on Instagram 
and vice versa. So by understanding, okay, my audience on Facebook reacts certain ways and certain things work on Facebook and having a strategy, a core strategy that works or that you understand that works on each platform will definitely help you than just dropping everything on everything exactly the same way and expecting it to have um, any type of turnover or the same results on each platform. Andrew? I would uh, just like to point out right now that there's a difference between marketing strategy, a marketing plan, and advertising. So a marketing strategy is how you want to go to market and present yourself and everything around that, including your branding, including where you want to go and the people you want to talk to. A marketing plan is where you write down, hopefully, and communicate with other team members the tactics of how you're going to get that strategy out into the world. And then um, advertising itself is when you're actually spending money along the way. And I would say that the most important thing about a marketing plan is that it's not just about advertising. Um, Dre and Lucky already brought up that there's lots of places that you can go to where you still can make a plan on how you release content that doesn't necessarily have to cost cost you money, but it's still part of your plan. So it, you need to think about it and create the content with a reason in mind. And that reason should always go back to your marketing strategy. Can I just expand on that? Yeah, go ahead. I think, I think what Sherry said is super important because what you alluded to, it seemed is that you, you, you kind of, in my opinion too, is as an artist, you kind of are always marketing yourself. And if you're like, if you finish a song and you're like, Hey, it's time to start marketing. I feel like you're doing it wrong. I, I think it's important to be kind of providing value to the audience and building that community, especially before you release something. Cause if you're always just, you know, reaching out to the audience or making some content when you have something that you want them to buy, I feel like it's a recipe for disaster. So it's like, I think that's super important to keep in mind too, is, building some sort of a marketing strategy that's happening before the release. So people can always come to your page and know that, Hey, every week, every day, I'm going to get some form of value. Then when you ask, then you have something you've released. It's kind of a lot easier to say, Hey, by the way, guys, I released this new thing. It means so much to me if you checked it out. For sure. And we're definitely going to jump into that um, a little farther into our conversation. So these are amazing starting points. Um, we talked a little bit about obviously social media. Um, so when we're using social media to market ourselves, uh, what do you think are the basic accounts that somebody should have? Anyone can jump on in. Okay. Lucky, why well, don't you start? <laughs> definitely. Um, you want to have uh, your Instagram. Uh, Facebook, basically everything, to be honest with you, but Instagram, uh, Facebook, um, Twitter, um, TikTok, for sure. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know about Snapchat at this point, but I guess it doesn't hurt to, to have a Snapchat. I know um, DJ Khaled did really well with, with the Snapchat platform. But I think right now, the, the big ones right now are definitely Instagram, TikTok, um, and if you have your Facebook again. And uh, I think a, a lot of it, again, like I said, is just understanding how each platform works and how the audience on each platform um, interacts with those different social media 
spaces. So for instance, if you're on Twitter, having a strategy for Twitter is you, um, you've got to tweet a lot. You have to tweet every single day. Um, you've got to be kind of aware of trends and stuff. And this kind of comes back to what Dre had said previously is like when you're trying to build an audience, which is the reason why you are on social media to let people know about what you're doing, you don't want to just build uh, followers, which is kind of what the, the base of what we think social media is all about. You actually want to build a community. And by building a community, that means that you're constantly interacting with that community. So you're relatable, um, you're using trending topics and putting a twist onto that, or you're collaborating with other people via these different social media platforms. You're using hashtags for um, Instagram. Um, and basically, yeah, you're just being consistent on all of the different platforms and understanding, okay, okay on Twitter, the best strategy is, you know, tweeting a lot, being aware of trends um, or being an expert on a trend. When it comes to Instagram, taking great photos, writing great captions, um, using the video options, the reels, the different things like that. When it comes to TikTok, you know, understanding how to make videos and understanding that TikTok might have a younger demographic, but now a lot of people are starting to use more of the TikTok. You could put your music on TikTok. So just really starting to understand how each platform works. You should be on all of them. You should have all of them. But as long as you understand how they work, then it'll be extra efficient. You'll be extra efficient on each platform um, when you do have them and when you are using them. Did either of you have anything to add to that? I do. I, I, uh, I would, I have a couple things. And the first thing I would say is it's really important. And the sooner you do this, the better off you'll be is no matter what platforms you're choosing, make sure that you have a music page versus your personal page. Don't try build up your personal page and then try to convert everybody over and try to make sure that uh, where possible, you have the same handle on each of the uh, platforms as much as you can. Uh, that's not always possible because sometimes people have the same name as you. So that's why you'll see people say uh, put official behind their names or different things, but try to try your best to, to get all of the different platforms to have a music profile, which is separate and your personal one that shows maybe, you know, going to um, a family gathering, you, you might not have that strategy within your music. So uh, you might, you know, have different looks and feels that you want to put out into the world. So that's really important. The other thing is, is that you need to just start somewhere and start with where you know your fans are and then start exploring with the other platforms unless you're familiar with all the platforms right away. But I find that sometimes people just get overwhelmed by it all. So start doing what you can, where you can in a consistent way. And there are places you can get tips and tricks of how many times you're supposed to do it, what time you're supposed to do it. But the reality is do your very, very best to just be consistent in your messaging and make it what you want to put out into the world and try to make it engaging so people want to write back to you so you can grow your fan bases in all those areas. Yeah, I think both of you guys basically said everything I'd want to say. I think I just want to expand a little bit on what Sherry was just saying. And I think, you know, there's everyone's going to have their, their favorite platforms, but at the end of the day, 
it's about you as an artist, about what you're going to be able to consistently do, because all these platforms have one thing in common and that's consistency is so important. So, I mean, I'm going to give my advice on what I think I do the best. So, I mean, I love TikTok and Instagram to be my top two, but I mean, if you're very good with words and you tweet like an animal, you love writing all day, it's better for you to go all out on, on Twitter, as opposed to you trying your best to go on TikTok, hating your life. I, I, I'm a big fan of you enjoying being a musician too. I think we're doing it because we're passionate about it. So, I mean, I, I try to do things with anyone I'm working with that's sustainable, especially if you're like, Hey, I don't have a budget. What can I do? It's what you enjoy the most that you can do every day. So I think that's a huge, huge thing is what are you actually going to do consistently and what do you enjoy? Awesome. Mm-hmm. And so I could just add one oh, more yeah. piece. Sorry. Um, just to, what both Dre and Sherry were saying and what we've all been saying when it, when it comes to the consistency, sometimes it may feel because there's so many platforms and sometimes there's new platforms that come out. And um, like Sherry was saying, it could be overwhelming. And like Dre is saying, kind of pick the one that you do best. I agree with all of that. Something that um, I've used before in the past and a few people have used before is a hub where you can kind of pre also kind of pre-plan these posts. So for instance, because you want to be creating and not sitting behind your phone all day, tweeting or doing different type of, um, you know, social media posting every single day on every single platform, um, using something like um, Hootsuite, H-O-O-T-S-U-I-T-E, Hootsuite is a good tool that you can kind of plan out let's say you want to plan it out on a Sunday, this is what my week is going to look like when it comes to my social media um, marketing strategy. So on Twitter, I'm going to pre-plan that this will be tweeted on this day at this time on Instagram, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So check that out as well, because that can probably help you to also be consistent without you actually having to always be behind your phone and remembering, okay, I got to tweet this, I got to post this, I got to do that. Um, there's a w- easier way that you might be able to pre-plan out your strategy for the week so that it looks like you're consistent, but you really did everything kind of like a prep, a meal prep on the weekend and you're spending the rest of your time actually creating. Awesome. Yeah. And that jumps right into the next question that I was going to touch base on. So um, I guess, do you plan your content for social media or do you create it organically? Is there like a plan that you have when you're posting? Uh, Sherry, did you want to start this one? Um, so I got distracted by the poll. <laughs> <laughs> so did I. <laughs> Sorry, Erica. You, I just want to make sure I'm answering the right question. Could you just rephrase? Yes, of course, of course. Thanks. So we touched base on, on planning content for social media. So do you have any tips and tricks for planning? Do you not plan and do you post organically? Um, so I guess that's important to talk about is, uh, you'll hear people talking about organic or paid posts. And when you're starting out, try to be organic as much as possible, because soon as you start putting money towards things, uh, usually whatever platform it is, will recognize that all of a sudden there's advertising dollars. And so sometimes they won't always have your reach go quite as far. Um, there'll be sometimes important posts that you do want to actually um, boost up and get more people to look at, but just don't do that 
as an everyday occurrence. And also I would try to see what the reaction is organically and organically just means naturally in the world, like how many people are looking at it um, and then put the money in. Don't always just go straight out of the gate that way. Otherwise it'll just cost you lots and lots of money and more money to get more views, which you don't want to get yourself in that spot. Um, I would, I would say for planning on content, you just, when you're posting, just you can reuse content on different platforms, but I believe, you know, Lucky's really said it quite a few times. Talk to that platform. So what you might say on Twitter with the same exact like image or video is not always going to be the same thing or how you want them to react to to retweet you or anything like that. So just really look at your platforms, look at uh, artists who are similar to you and how they're using those platforms. That's always your key. Take a look around, who do you like? How are they using the platforms? Can it be something that works for you? And try to make sure you're creating content that works that way too. Awesome. Lucky, did you have anything to add to that? Um. Yeah, no, I, I feel like I, I've kind of said everything on that of, of just, yeah, having a, the question was having a, a strategy on, on the, um, on each platform, right. Or, or coming yeah. up with a, with a pre-plan. Yeah. I think the best thing, like I said, is just to, if you can kind of do a, a social media prep, um, over, over a weekend, that's the best way that I try and do it. Or like Dre said, just kind of pick your, your top ones and and really speak to those top ones and and um and then of course you know learn the other ones if that's what you want to do but see where you have the most activity and and plan out the best content for that and don't always feel like you always have to come up with fresh brand new content that is completely yours um as i kind of said before feel free to also put you know your own twist on a trend so if there's a a, a cat meme that's going around somewhere and you have something that's relatable to that cat meme that you can you know have the cat playing your song or something you know something silly you can always refresh and recycle somebody else's content and put your own twist on it or collaborate with somebody else and you know join together to put out content yeah i think you guys basically said it but i guess just to expand on that a little bit for me, I'm a huge fan of, of scheduling and planning. Like I'm obsessed with whiteboards and, and kind of plotting out what I want to do. And of course life happens. I, I like to have my like whiteboard session with whether it's with my clients or with myself at the beginning of the month. And we go over what our goals are for the month, but we leave room because things happen, especially depending on your industry, whether you're just focusing on music or expanding in other things, new news happens. And I like to leave room for that and make sure that we're not like, hey, we're sticking exactly to the schedule. This new thing happened, but we're not, we're going to ignore it. So I have my schedule and I try to pre-record as much as I can one month in advance. So for October, we were recording stuff in September and kind of, and so on for the rest of the year. But I think it's super important to work in the new trending topics. Cause I think that's kind of the, the bigger way to, if you're looking to have a video blow up on TikTok or on Instagram, if you can capitalize on those trends, it's a huge thing. So being flexible, you know, planning is important, especially when you have a busy life, but also kind of working on the fly is also important. So a little bit of both, I'd say. I would also just um, back up, like 
Dre, that was a super important point, you know, giving space to allow to see what else comes up. In the same token, when you have scheduled everything to try to make your life easier, you still have to take a look because there might be a big news item where all of a sudden something that you've planned is now in poor taste. So you, or you yes. wouldn't say it that way. So you need to make sure that that doesn't go live. And so that's a huge, huge thing. Not only do you plan, but also if you've already put something into the system that's gonna go live, you know what that schedule is. So if you have to go in and change it, that you have the ability to do that. That's a huge point, especially like even just what, what Lucky was saying earlier, um, Hootsuite's, Hootsuite's a great tool, but also making sure you are on top of it for that same reason. Cause you could, you know, you could hypothetically really ruin your career in some way. If you put something out that's in bad taste. Yeah. And, uh, since we're talking about planning, um, I would like to jump into marketing plans for folks who have different budgets. So, um, what would you recommend to a musician with no budget or a musician with, let's say, $100 or $500, and where do you think they should focus those marketing efforts? Uh, Dre, we can start with you on this one. For me, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've mentioned it earlier, but TikTok is like a major opportunity that I don't know how long we're going to have the opportunity to do it. Um, as more people invest in TikTok, there's more money into it, more brands into it, and the organic reach is going to go away. Uh, I think TikTok right now, if, especially if you have zero to a hundred dollars on your budget, taking TikTok really seriously, I think it has the ability to change your life. And not even just to say that, I think if you can buckle down and go hard on TikTok and post one to four times a day, you can evolve your career and change it for the rest of your life. And if you have any marketing dollars, a small amount, I would, if we're talking about advertising specifically, the best bang for your buck is Instagram story ads because they get the most reach for the smallest amount of money. So taking the time to create something, um, preferably video, video also gets more reach in terms of advertising. And I think it's more engaging and just more fun to look at from a personal perspective. But uh, if I had a hundred dollars, I'd put that into Instagram story ads and I'd go super hard on TikTok organically, no money into TikTok, just building my profile on that. Awesome. Thanks. And Lucky? Yeah. Um, I guess there's a few different places where we can go and start with. Of course, we have, um, if you have no budget at all, uh, your your first kind of fans are your, your family and friends. Um, and people often overlook the, the old school approach of emailing, right? Do you have an email list? And, and that's always a, a big thing because um, you can do some email marketing. You have a new release coming out. It costs you absolutely $0 to send out an email to all your family and friends and say, hey, I have a new song out. Can you check it out? Old school, but it's still effective. Um, now there's even text messaging. Um, there's an app. I think you have to pay a little bit for it. I'm not sure, but there's an app that's called Superphone um, where you can actually text message uh, whenever you have a show in, whenever you have a single exclusive to everybody that you have a text message, um, everybody that you have their phone number and, you know, have signed up for your your service. So they'll get a number that's generated through this app and you're able to actually have one-on-one -on -one communication with all of your your fans, your audiences via text message. And, you know, everybody 
is always on their phone texting. So you know it's going straight to their phone right away. Um, and then if you have a little bit of a budget, Instagram ads, um, Facebook ads, um, and sometimes even um, influencer marketing. So if you have, if you know someone who has an audience, an engaged audience, an active audience, and you know that, you know, if you're able to say, hey, you know, I have a small budget, I have a hundred bucks, is it possible for me to pay you a hundred bucks for you to do like a huge kind of just promo ad type of shout out, whatever thing on your platform to all of your, you know, audience members. That's one way that you can use somebody else's audience and their influence um, with a little bit of a budget to say, hey, can you help me out? Because I'm pushing this single or this this album or whatever it is that you're pushing um, music-wise. I would, um, I would just really keep going with the community aspect. Um, so if you don't have any money, uh, if you are in the music industry and you really want to make a living in the music industry, then you need to know forms like Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, YouTube Music, and YouTube itself. Um, with all of those platforms, uh, they all can, they have music subscription services. And with that's where your music's going to end ultimately end up being released on. So you need to make sure that they usually have places where people follow you. And so when you have followers on any of those platforms, that's how the backend algorithms for those streaming services know that people want to hear your music. And the more followers you have on that, the more all of a sudden you're getting put into different automated playlists. So people from all over the world can start hearing your songs. Um, I would say make sure that you're not just building up your social profiles, which don't usually always give you direct money for your art. Make sure you're not ignoring the places that actually pay you to have your art on them, even if it's not as much money as selling a, a full album, vinyl or CD it's still a place where people can hear. And if you grow those communities through your socials, then you're, you're investing in yourself. And you all you have to do is tell people about it. Like, hey, follow me on YouTube, follow me on Spotify, follow me on Amazon Music. Also with uh, Google and also Amazon, they both have um, you know Alexa and, and Google Minis all over the place. So go into people's houses, connected devices. And like, you can even ask Siri to play you music, right? So there's lots of ways for you to be able to get your music out there just by making sure that you start also making that fan base, whether you're starting with family and friends or not, to actually follow you on those places. Awesome. Was there anything anyone else wanted to add before we moved on? I'd love to just uh, add one more thing just to expand on the part of free things that we can do to, to market ourselves. And I think an important thing that I wanted to mention was um, with Instagram being not just Instagram, but Instagram specifically being social on social media, I think is so important and not just when you're releasing something. And I mentioned Instagram because Instagram, you can literally put Hamilton, Ontario in the search bar and it'll show you the top posts, the most liked posts in the area happening right now. Those are the influential people from the city happening 
in real time. And I think getting in the habit of engaging with these influential people in your city, engaging with searching your hash, hashtags related to your genre, and then leaving meaningful comments, not, hey, check out my song, my song's amazing. Like they're posting something related to their life. You're commenting how it relates to your life and kind of building a friendship over time doing this. That's how you gain a follower, but that's how you gain a member of your community who starts to care about you and see you as someone who supports them. And then as you start to support people, they, I mean, we naturally want to support those people who support us back and some people don't, but for the most part, I think it really does lead to making friends online. And I know myself as someone who's done it, I've made a lot of friends through doing that and it's free. So I think working that in, can you do it for half an hour a day, 20 minutes a day? If you're consistent 20 minutes a day, you can really, it can lead to a lot of great things. So I think that's an important thing I think for people to consider. So we touched base um, a little I just really want to... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, Erica. I just... Uh, Dre, that was really great. Um, and I think one of the key things I wanted to highlight about what you just said, which is super... I don't want people to gloss over, is that is something that you can do. But Dre made a point of do, making it authentic. You're not just doing it to say hey, check out my song. You're actually investing in what that person's talking about and contributing to the conversation. It's not just about you. Absolutely. Um, so talking about, I mean, authenticity, building a community, um, I just wanted to ask how important you think the messaging is in regard to marketing a release or just marketing yourself as a brand or on your platforms. Um, Lucky, if you wanted to touch base on that first. Yeah, um, you definitely want to be aggressively genuine uh, to who you are, you know, aggressively genuine, meaning that you know, be exact, whenever you are yourself, that's when you flourish the most, right? And, and as everybody has been saying, when, when you are not just seeing this as a, a transactional relationship, where it's like, okay, I'm going to just reach out, or I'm just going to say something to you when I need something from you, but you're, you are letting people know, well, this is who I am, but you're also building community, you're building friendships online. Um, something that I personally do on, on my social media is I, I share personal things. So I, I share, you know, my if I have family stuff and everybody's comfort level is different. But for me personally, I like to share things about my family. I like to share things about um, just who I am apart from the music. Um, and, and in that way, it all kind of ties into the brand of me as an individual because before I'm an artist, I'm a human being, right? And And before you're an artist, you're a human being. So... Therefore, you want people, if you're comfortable with that, sharing that piece of you online, you want people or it's helpful if people kind of know who you are. So therefore, um, I always used to say, I always like to say that whatever you do needs to be on brand. So if all of a sudden you decide, okay, well, I'm going to be online promoting something and that something has nothing to do with what your branding is, then you're now off brand and it, and it no longer ties into what your overall messaging is. So it's helpful if you're able to be the same person in real life that you are on social media, because then you can just constantly transfer, you know, your real self and kind of show different parts of your real self online um, that is the same of who you are 
in real life. So definitely being genuinely aggressive with your, your marketing and, and being true to who you are and also being genuine when you're interacting with other people that is not transactional, but is actual, uh, uh, actually a communal thing that you're doing um, is very helpful. Awesome, thank you. Um, Dre, did you wanna chime in? Yeah, I think what Lucky said is absolutely right in terms of being genuine is, is the absolute most important thing when you're building your brand. And honestly, just for your overall happiness, if you're faking something, you're going to hate your life. You could do it for a few months, maybe a few years, but it's going to eventually come crashing on you. And it's just not going to work. I think it's also important to make sure that when we're talking about authenticity, it's also like, I know for myself, when I first started off doing things that you're, you're not afraid to be yourself. I think having that conversation about like, don't be afraid. Hey, if you like this thing, I mean, I just kind of reinvented my brand getting into like snacks and food. And I bet you if I told people at the beginning, Hey, I'm going to start promoting snacks and food. They'd be like, what the hell are you doing? Sort of thing. But I enjoy it. And I've been able to take that and kind of reinvent my brand. And it's made me happier as a creator. And I think that that's an important thing that people we should have a conversation about is that, Hey, if you enjoy this, there's definitely going to be people who say, don't do it. But if it feels right to you, you have to push through that. And, and it will, it will be rewarding in the end. And Shay? Um, they're both hundred percent correct. Uh, the one thing maybe we should also focus on is giving yourself enough time today. When you're putting out a release, once you release your album EP single into the world, especially at the digital, um, retailers, you don't, it's done for them, you know? So you really have to take time. And a lot of people set it up for like, you know, two to four months in advance before the albums come out, before everything else comes out, because you can't go backwards. So you really need to make sure that if you do have something really important that you want to talk to, that you're gearing all of your marketing and you're setting it up with enough time for people to start following and get anticipate and be ready for it for when it shows up. And that will help you get placements on playlists um, through the um, streaming services. But if they don't see any action kind of happening around it, then there's, you know, they get so much music every week. It's really, you know, why do they pick this song over another song? It's really just about what's happening usually on social. Awesome. So we've got time, I think, for about one more question from me. Um, and then we'll do, we'll just field for some questions and uh, finish off with that Q&A period. Uh, so the last question that I'm going to ask, just in general, what is the most common advice you think you would give an artist looking to just improve their overall marketing? Anyone can happen. I think that um, I think we've done a pretty good job of like drilling at home to be who you are <laughs> and to make sure that, you know, you start with the people that, you know, and and grow your fan base where you can. The most important thing will always be your fan base. Those are the people who are always going to be behind you. Um, the other thing I would say is there are a lot of great tools that are that you can get access to, like there's uh, creator tools and creator hubs that show you how to work, like 
the best YouTube channel. You know, you can have all these different social media places where they help you be, they call you a creator. And so you're just a music creator and you just have to see and take the best practices and try to look, they have academies where you can take free classes and like, just spend the time knowing what's happening out there. I think for me, a big, a big piece of advice that I wish someone told me earlier on is how long things take and not to get obsessed over the numbers and how important consistency is. I feel like it was really helpful to, helpful to me to tell myself, my job is to create. I want to do, I wanted to grow on TikTok. My job was to make TikTok videos and I did everything I could to make one to four videos a day and not focus on the numbers. Your job is to create. If you get yourself into the habit of creating, some videos are going to do horrible. Some videos are going to flop. You're going to get no comments. And then, you know, you keep doing it consistently and that day will come where people start to notice you, but it takes time. And I think that's just something I think is important to say, because I think a lot of artists get discouraged, especially when we see all over our social media, people popping, this kid's 12 years old and has a bajillion followers and has a million dollars. And you're like, but I've been doing it forever and what's happening. And I think everyone has their time. Don't compare yourself to people. And um, yeah, just be, be patient and keep doing it. And network. People is like the key to everything. Yeah, I, I love everything that Dre and Sherry said. Um, I think as well, just to add to what's already so full is um, thinking about when, when you're thinking about marketing overall and, and music and, and your brand, something that I like to think about is um, what is the impact that I've made after I've left the room, after I've put out the, the project or, you know, for instance, something that I like to do is uh, I have a logo for, for my brand and I like to put my logo on everything um, because one, it, it helps me to not feel in, in that kind of, um, what do you call it, that inferior, um, I can't think of the, the term right now, but basically when you're an artist, sometimes you're putting yourself out there, especially if you're a new artist, you're putting yourself out there and it takes a little bit of time to click in that you, are, you can actually do this. For real. Because Are you looking thinking, for imposter syndrome? Imposter, thank you, syndrome. <laughs> <You're very low. laughs> yeah. I know and, that. I know that one. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's so many times where, you know, I'm maybe I'm on a stage or I walk into a room and I'm just kind of thinking, wow, if they really knew who I was, you know, if they really knew in my mind, right? If they really knew who I was, they they think I'm in the wrong spot or they wouldn't think that I'm I'm worth being here. Um, and I think a, a huge part of that marketing is how you really feel about yourself inwardly ends up com coming out on the outward, you know, on the outward trajectory, even if it's how you present yourself and present your, your music and present your entire brand. So when you really start to become confident in knowing that, you know, you are you know, you can do this and, and you're doing a great job. Your music sounds great. And now it's out here. You're putting yourself out through your music or whatever and saying, okay, world, listen to this product that I have. When you truly believe in your product and you truly believe in yourself, then it helps to kind of, you know, translate in that way after you've left the room to people to say like, you know, I really enjoy that their music because I really enjoyed them as a person. And I, and they can feel that you really, you know, feel right and in and good within yourself. So 
within your marketing, it, it ends up seeping in if you really lock in and hone into really believing in your your brand and your marketing and and really stamping that all over the place. So it helps you to constantly also feel like, yes, I am the artist, I am the performer, I am the you know the recording artist, and um, the world can really benefit from hearing something that hopefully they will um, relate to. Awesome. Thank you so much for answering those questions from me. Um, we have about 15 minutes for audience questions and we have a few. Um, so we have one from Jeff. Um, Jeff, if you're on Zoom and you wanted to hop on video or turn on your audio and ask your question, feel free. Uh, just type in the box that you're going to jump on and we'll be waiting for you to pop on. Jeff is in bed. I can read the question for you if you'd like. No, not a problem. Um, so Jeff asks, I'm new to the music industry, um, but am very familiar with marketing strategy and plans, but I don't know the industry. So catch 22. Uh, where should I start in learning the mechanics of the industry? Wow. Sorry, did you want to start? I get it's it's a bit of a tricky question. Thanks, Erica. Sorry, <laughs> I jumped in. No, no, no. Um, I feel like you what you have to do is first figure out where do you release your music. What are the platforms? What are the places that you release your music, and how does that work? Uh, you have to decide: Are you releasing it independently, or are you going to try to get a label? to release it for you or a distributor to release it for you. They're all different deals. There's also um, knowing what is recorded um, master rights and what is your composition sync rights. Um, so there's so many things to learn all at once and that is in itself can also get overwhelming. So just start following like, um, there's a blog out of Toronto called FYI Music. Um, it's a, and it has a lot of the Canadian music news. So there's things that are on there. They also give you like factor funding deadlines and um, just different tidbits. And you'll start seeing some of the things um, come up and you'll kind of explore from there. But I would start with like making sure you understand how to get your music to Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, YouTube. Awesome. I think also, I mean, we're in a pandemic, so we don't have these events happening, but I think stuff such as uh, Canadian Music Week and Indie Week, I think are two big ones, especially Canadian Music Week, because everyone from the industry is there and making sure you're at these big events and taking the time, not just to show up, but there's panels that teach you a lot about the industry a lot of the industry leaders are the ones leading these, these panels and they're from all over the world. And oftentimes, I mean, they have a, in the middle of the conference, there's like a speed networking thing and it's, a, there's real people from the industry there and you can take five minutes and they'll speak with you. I think that's like the, the sweetest deal ever that you can get. And hopefully that we're out of this pandemic soon and it happens, but following uh, Indie Week and Canadian Music Week, and they, I know they're doing some online stuff, but going to those when, uh, when you can and finding out who these people are and following them on social ahead of time. Don't spam them, but just be familiar with what they're, they're doing and, you know, feel comfortable to approach them in these, in these uh, networking situations. Don't bombard them in person, obviously. 
when they're not looking to connect. Also check out Music Ontario. They're, they're gonna be able to support you in any and all of your questions if you become a member. For them, they'll definitely uh, be helping support their members learn more about the industry and you can ask them questions quite easily. And so can, if you're not signed up for so can, Google so can first, if you're not familiar with it. And um, yeah, if you're an artist and you're releasing music, you want to be signed up for so can. And they also offer a ton of resources uh, in, in terms of connecting with people and they're super helpful. Awesome. So I'm seeing a bunch more questions in the chat. So considering we have about 10 minutes, I think I'm going to read them off um, to you panelists. And then maybe if one of you could answer each question, we could kind of uh, maybe get through them faster just to make sure that we get everyone's questions answered. Um, so next we have an audience question. So I'm assuming this is someone probably from the Facebook live stream, uh, from Sean Jones asking what types of content should artists make to break through the clutter? In my opinion, it's, it should be what's unique to you. I don't think I'm not a fan of chasing the trend. I, I think, you know, if you're good at, at hopping on trends and it's something you enjoy, you can do that. But I think for the most part, people like in doing what they enjoy. So working in some things that are popular, but making sure that it's related to you. If you love funk music, doing funk related versions of some of the trending songs, um, finding ways to, to bring yourself into the things that are popular as opposed to chasing the trend and, you know, doing a, Charlie D'Amelio dance on TikTok when you hate dancing. I would definitely avoid stuff like that. Did, did I, I forgot, I for, can you repeat the question? Sorry, I, I don't even know if I answered it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure you did got covered, it? yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just the, the question was, what types of content should an artist make to break through the clutter? Uh, so yeah, yes, you got it. Answered it, yeah. <laughs> um, so the next question we have is, let me read through this chat. Um, we have one from a Juliana or Juliana Jones, um, who is on the Zoom call. If you wanted to hop on, let me know. If not, I can read your question briefly. Okay, how do you hop on? Um, there in the bottom left corner of the screen, there should be a um, mute button as well as a start video button. Um, so if you wanted to start your video, feel free to do so. If you wanted to just um, unmute yourself, feel free to do so as well. And you can ask your question on the Zoom call. Oh, hey, can you guys hear me? <laughs> hello. Hi, How's I see some familiar faces. So hello. <laughs> um, I just wanted to ask um, when you guys feel like it would be um, the most ideal to hire um, like professionals who are like in the marketing industry. Um, if you feel like you have, have the budget for sure. Um, so the reason why I didn't mention that one was because it was for marketing on a low budget and usually hiring a PR, um, agent is usually, you know, a higher budget. Um, however, if you feel like you have definitely a, a product or a brand that you want it, you want to basically try and flesh out as much as you can, um, the PR, agent is not necessarily gonna give you any guarantees, but because basically it's networking because they have a, a much more solid uh, networking base, there are opportunities um, that hiring PR 
um, can, you know, maybe land you, well, in the past, I don't know, now with COVID, but, um, you know, some some placements on on news TV like CHCH, Morning Live to do a music segment, um, lots of blogs and different things like that. They can get you placements in there. Um, and they might work closely with a radio tracker that can also get you some radio placements as well. So definitely if you have the higher budget, so probably looking over the $1,000 budget range, um, then that's way higher. Better. I think, I think that's stuff's expensive. <laughs> Depends on who you're working with. Yeah. 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 So, and there's some that might be nice and they might let you pay in installments. So you might not have to drop it all one time. Um, I've worked with a PR guy who allowed me to kind of pay over the course of three months. It was a three month package and that was that, but yeah, I, it's when you feel like you have something that's ready to um, reach the stars type of thing. So it might not be on your first project. Maybe you want to kind of let your first project go organically and see how much traction you can kind of build on your own. And then for your follow-up or for, you know, your third project that's coming out, if there's a lot of traction already built and you want to continue to build on that traction and have some extra help that maybe you feel like you can't do on your own, then probably that's when you bring in some bigger guns that might be able to push it to the next level um, just to kind of build a snowball off the momentum that you've already built. Great, thank you. Um, and thank you for jumping on the call with us. Can I just <laughs> add one thing? Oh yeah. <laughs> is that, is, Erica, can I add one thing? Is that cool? Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'll be really quick. I think it's just important to say that no one's gonna care about your music more than you. I think that's an important thing. I, I remember I, I worked with a, a publicist on a few projects. It was awesome. It was great. But I, I do think that at the end of the day, if you don't have the budget, it's expensive. And I, I really don't that. I think there's a notion that like, Oh, I'll, I'll hire a marketing company. They know like this person and this person, and I'm going to blow up. Like, this is my ticket. I know it's worth it. I'll pay the three grand or whatever it is that the person's charging for to be uh, your publicist. Mm -hmm. And then, I, I don't, I think that that's not true. I think that it's great to have someone on your team, but you also need to be working just as hard as they are. And they're kind of there to support what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I also think that there's a lot of stuff we can do on our own uh, before hiring. I, I wouldn't jump into it unless you have five to 10 grand that you won't feel if you lost it. And sorry, well, I know we're short on time, but Dre, that's a great point. Cause also if you don't have a lot going on, because really what the publicist is doing is taking what you have and basically amplifying what you already have. So if you just have a single and that's about it and you're just like, hey, can you push a single? There's very, you can do a lot of that, what they would do on your own. Um, but if you have, let's say you have shows coming up as well. And let's say that you put out your music video and your music video hit, you know, 25,000 in, in the first week or whatever. Now you're giving them a lot of, um, stuff to work with that might work out in your favor. But if you don't really have much to, to offer them only a, a album or a single or whatever, um, then it, it can feel like a waste of money for sure. Eric, I have a quick thing to, about this since <laughs> that's actually what I do. <laughs> I get hired by people to help put their releases around the world. And so you, it's really important when you're picking your team uh, it does get expensive depending how much outreach into the world you need to do. If you're really going to radio, uh, that gets very expensive. Sometimes if you're going to radio in the U.S., you need like six people working your record. 
That's a lot of people on top of a publicist, on top of a marketing person. So what I would say is most people are approachable. And so when you're first starting out, and this is a panel about not, you know, having a small budget or no budget, uh, see if there's people, you know, that you can just like buy them a coffee and um, ask them their advice. What should, what are the top things I should do? This is where I am right now. And then when you're, you'll build your team when the story grows, which is exactly what Dre and Lucky were saying to you in advance. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, okay, so our next question is from Jamila, who would like to come on. Um, so when you're ready, you can unmute your mic and hop on video if that is okay with you. Hi, everyone. Um, first of all, thanks for all the information. And hi to Juliana, who was just on. So it's kind of cool seeing your familiar faces. Um, my question is this. Um, how do you know if uh, finding out the balance of uh, posting promotional um, posts compared to personal and how do you know engage what is a healthy balance and I guess a attached question onto that is uh, what kind of things would you uh, post if it's not just music all the time because I know we can't just um, give our fans music all the time so what would you also suggest to be alternatives to that uh, good question Hi, hi Jamila. So, um, I don't know, I once heard, I don't know how true this is, but I once heard that there's like a 70-30 rule or whatever. So 70% business, 30%, you know, keep it personal, whatever the case is. Um, I think if you don't have separate platforms for your personal life and, and your artist life, and you want to, I don't know if there's a definite, uh, uh, an actual algorithm of, okay, yeah, 70%, 30%, I don't, I don't even know how you would calculate that or if you want to be that meticulous to calculating that personally um i think i just I, I look at things that go along uh again with with my brand um because I, i'm not like i said as an artist a lot of what i write a lot of what i put out will also tie into what i do um besides being an artist as well so just a quick story um like two second story for my birthday one year, I wanted to post this photo. It was a really cool looking photo. It was an old school photo. And I was in this, you know, cool outfit, whatever, with this fedora on. And because it was like this old school shot, I had a cigar in my hand. But I've never smoked a cigar in my life. And somebody had to explain to me, smoking cigars is a lifestyle, right? And it comes with a certain type of, you know, a certain type of lifestyle. So is that really what you want to put out there when it is very, again, off brand and inauthentic to who you are? So long story short, whatever you are posting, however many times you are posting it, you want it definitely to continue to be on brand. Um, but you also want people to remember that you still do music too. So if it's like, okay, you, you're just posting shots of you, you know, partying or with friends or you know in a bikini or whatever the case is but you are an artist as well and you only have that one platform it's like okay so is Jamila still you know putting out music or is this now we're just looking at her bikini shots from her vacations you know what I mean so yeah that's all I gotta say thank you awesome thank you so much I, I just want to add one thing sorry I keep doing this <laughs> um I think just when I, when I post anything, even if it's related to personal, I honestly don't post personal stuff, but that's just cause I don't, I, I don't post personal content much. 
Um, I always think before I post something, what value is the audience getting from this? How can I present this as something of value? Mm -hmm. So even if you're posting about, hey, I want to post about my new baby brother or something like that, tying in how important family is to you and how it's important to your music, a a post of you and your brother can turn into, well, she's really inspired by her family for her music. So I think if you just think, how does this bring value and knowledge to my audience before every time you post, it allows you to frame things that seem like, hey, is this me just flaunting my new outfit. Maybe you love fashion and that's, it's a huge inspiration for your creative side, but the way you spin things, I think is a a real important thing to, to building your brand and building your message. And it allows you to post those fun photos too. So, cause I'm sure there's some stuff that's fun that you want to post. Thank you, Trey. Thank you, Lucky. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks. Okay. So we've got time for one more question. Um, we can post everyone's social credentials after the panel. So if your question didn't get answered, um, then feel free to reach out if the panelists are comfortable and they can sort of um, get that conversation going for you. Um, So the last question that I'm going to ask is from Sarah on Facebook. Um, And the question is, how do you gather and track data and analytics on your marketing? And how do you know that it's working? Well, I think I could jump in there really quickly, and I'm sure Dre has a lot to say about this as well. Uh, You probably can't afford some of the bigger uh, analytic platforms that combined everything, but there's a few out there. I would just say you start with the platform you're working on, and there's insights that you can actually see, like how many likes have you gotten? How many people have shared it? How many comments are there? Um, so you can see that automatically and you can just start putting them in a spreadsheet and you can start seeing your growth on your own. I mean, you'll right at the beginning be able to see like, oh, I had three people like it too. I had 300 people like it, you know, so I wouldn't worry too much about analytics if you're starting out right, right at the beginning and, and, and you don't have a lot of engagement, but once your engagement starts going, then you really use the insights from the platforms you're using before you start paying money for bigger firms or, or bigger options to, to do things. Um, I'm sure Dre, you probably have some thoughts about this as well. Yeah. I mean, you covered, I think the most important part, but um, I think the only thing I would add is, uh, these platforms definitely like Facebook, TikTok, um, have the analytics built into them. So once you run a campaign, uh, organically or paid, you can see some data on, Hey, who engaged with this? How many people did this reach? But, uh, I think it's important to reiterate that, especially if you're starting out, you can't get obsessed with these numbers because they're going to be low at the beginning. That's just a part of it. Um, there was one thing else I wanted to add. I'm not sure. I, I think, I think that's just the most important thing. Oh, your Facebook pixel. That's what I wanted to say. Um, make sure that a lot of people, when uh, they're asking for advice in terms of advertising, they don't have their pixel set up. And I feel like it's such a, a small thing, but it's super important, especially for retargeting people that are actually fans of yours. So um, if you don't have that set up, it's a Google away how to set up my Facebook pixel for advertising. And it's, it's a real big help. Awesome. Great. So I think we're going to stop there for today. Um, I just wanted to say thank you so much to all of today's speakers for being here. Um, Are there any projects that any of you would like to plug or promote uh, before we end the conversation? 
Nothing? Follow on TikTok if you want to see some <laughs> uh, fun videos. And the show airs uh, that I host on Rogers airs every Thursday at uh, today. There's a show today at 9.30 p.m. Awesome. Great. Um, so thank you so much to the audience for registering. Um, remember that this is the fourth out of five discussions. So there is one more discussion for the conference tomorrow. Um, and tomorrow, that is Friday, October 23rd at 3 p.m. You can join the My Album is Done Now What conversation. Um, so that one's going to touch base on talking about different ways to promote your work or engage your audience once your album is released. Um, registration for that is open until 8.30 p.m. tonight. And you can visit hamilton.ca slash music conference to sign up for that Zoom discussion. Um, and you can also watch the conversation as well as this one and all of the previous ones from this conference um, on the Facebook account as well at Hamont Music. Um, and thank you guys so much and have a wonderful rest of the week. Great Thanks job, so much, Erica. Guys. Thank you for listening to the Dre Payo audio experience. If you've made it this far into the podcast, it would mean the absolute world to me if you took two minutes to leave us a review on Apple. I'm always looking to get your feedback and I'm wondering what you'd like to see on the podcast. Maybe there's a specific topic or guest you'd like to see featured. Please let me know. And of course, make sure you're following on Instagram and I will see you on the next episode of the Dre Payo audio experience.